0: Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. Welcome back. Our special
1: guest today is Dustin Vogel. Dustin lives in Dallas, Texas, and he is a sales expert for the fitness industry, although the message he has to share with us today, of course, is readily transferable. Welcome, Dustin.
2: Thank you for having me. Excited to be here and want to add as much value as I can to the audience.
1: So we're here today to talk about the top five tips to get more sales from your follow-up. So Dustin, tip number one, what do you got for us? Well, I think the number one thing that I want to point out to a
2: lot of business owners and people in sales is that we tend to go for the sale too quickly. And so my first tip I want to share with people is you want to get more leads to buy, build more trust trust equals transactions is a saying that I have in my book. And so essentially, if you have trust with the buyer, the sales easy, where you got to kind of finagle and overcome objections and battle them is really what they're saying is I don't trust you. I don't trust your process. I don't trust you. I don't trust the company. And so build more trust. And I believe one of the best ways to do that is through content, put out more content, build trust,
1: and you'll see the sales come through a lot easier. So I guess content equals credibility as well.
0: The more you build your credibility, the more the more people will trust. I guess. Yep, hundred percent. Um, just Dustin, just y- you work with a lot of gyms and and fit in the fitness industry. I mean, uh, for years, the, the sales technique in the fitness industry was, you know, pull them in, sign them up, and then people forget their New Year's resolutions, but they still pay us every month. Uh, you know, a yeah. bit of a facetious observation on it, but. But knowing that, that industry and having been involved in it for a long time, um, you know, what's changing? You know, what's changing in, in the whole niche boutique gym industry that that has evolved over the last few years?
2: Yes, that's a wonderful question. And you're right. There's kind of a rebellion within the fitness industry of people that want to change The way we're perceived because that is what you're referring to when you say those big box gyms where they give you access to equipment and amenities and nobody really cares no one shows you how to use anything has the least level of care and attention to the customer so that rebellion is you're seeing way more trainers and and people who love the coaching side of things opening up studios and coaching uh, facilities and personal training gyms and they're saying i want to work with less people but make it high touch And so they're aiming to get two or 300 members where a big box gym wants 10 or 20,000 members and they just want to get them on a low cost and then not care about them where a coach wants to get them in and show them personalization and customization, individualization, and give them a better experience because they see that people get better results. And just a quick stat I'll share with you guys, 80% of people with a big box gym membership see no changes after a year of signing up for that membership and 80% of people working with a trainer are actively getting results. And the same exercises are being done in both. They're both doing push-ups. They're both doing squats. What's the big differentiator? I have a human-to-human coach giving me human-to-human interaction. And at the other place, I just have a bunch of machines that don't talk to me or help me. So that is what is that, in the rebellion within our industry that's changing things for the better. Um, so, yeah, that's us answer to that question.
0: Okay, so so you know we we've kind of started building the credibility and the the relationship with people. What what is tip number two for getting the more sales from your follow up? Yeah,
2: my second tip is we get very drawn to chasing down the new leads. We want to run the ads, want to get the new leads in, and we want to just hunt and kill these new leads and turn them into a sale. But I say, man, why are you forgetting about all the leads in your database? Like if you've spent a lot of money on marketing and that database has become thousands of thousands of people and you are not actively trying to go back and resell them. You are leaving money on the table. So I say most businesses have a sleeping database of money that they're sitting on. The fortunes and the follow-up, we've all heard that. They're sitting on a gold mine, but they don't got any miners working on it. And it's because they want the new, hot, sexy leads coming in. No one's calling the old ones. So one of my favorite ways to reactivate a sleeping Ah, uh, database is something I actually learned from the great Zig Ziglar. He said, "New information requires a new decision." And so, when they said no to your offer, that was to that offer. But you should come up with something new and more interesting, and roll out a new version of what you normally do, and go back to that sleeping database and present it to them and say, "Hey, when you contacted us, it was about a membership, but now we're doing the six-week challenge. New offer, new decision, right? What do you say? Do you want to join?" And people love new, right? And Netflix has to keep bringing out new movies, new shows. Otherwise, they lose your subscription. So if you don't have things that you're doing new, even if you do the same product on the back end and the fulfillment's the same, give it a new gift wrapping, give it a new title. Say, this is why we're doing things. It's Mother's Day. It's summer. It's you know Christmas. Put a reason behind it and roll it out to your sleeping database and you'll see people come in. But if you just try to sell them what they said no to in the past, Don't be surprised if you get crickets and nobody buys, right? You got to put a new if wrapping on it.
1: That's, um, I really like that concept. Uh, You're absolutely right. It's um, the bright, shiny object is what grabs people's attention.
2: 100%.
1: Okay. Well, let's move on then to tip number three.
2: Yeah. So again, we're kind of diving into all different areas of of business, but the next place people leave money on the table. And that's why I call myself a sales expert, because I can find all these little hidden crevices where people are missing out on money. And so the next one is what I call the infinite referral uh, concept. And so imagine getting a referral that leads to another referral, leads to another referral, and it's just infinite and it goes on forever. Well, that actually can happen. And the longest streak I've seen was 60 referrals unbroken. And so wow. essentially what this comes to, it, yeah, I mean, that's it's impressive. And so I just, it blows my mind that this is not built into sales processes and sales scripts. And that is after you make a sale, when people are in peak states, that is the time to ask for a referral. So there's two key times, right after they bought. They haven't even got the product. People say, what do you mean? We haven't even shipped the product. They haven't even came into their first workout. They haven't even you know, seen us build the pool, whatever you do. How could we ask for a referral because they're in a peak state and people want when they buy, they want other people to buy with them. We are group creatures, right? We move in packs. And so we want other people in the pack to do what we're doing. And I can tell you right now that that happens easily in the fitness industry. We'll sign them up for a program. Who else do you want to do this with? Who else would be your accountability buddy, your workout buddy? And they're like, oh, yeah, let me sign up my husband, my coworker, my sister And boom, we got another one. Then we call the sister, say, "Who do you want to sign up?" Oh, my daughter actually needs to do this. Okay, anybody else? Yeah, and my my aunt Susan. And like, we just kept going. And so, like I said, that was sixty referrals unbroken. And so again, it's just that no one has the courage to ask. They just feel, "Oh, I made a sale. Be happy. You know, don't ask for more. Don't get greedy." And if you just put that into your sales process, every time you make a sale, ask for a sale. You will continue to get infinite referrals from that.
0: So, but let me ask you a question then. Um, probably what scares most people the most is is that actual physical wording of asking for that. You know, is there a magic? Is there a magic formula here?
2: Yeah, the magic formula always in. Ens- sales is to not talk about yourself it's to talk about a problem you're solving for the customer so the way that i position is like i don't want a referral so i can get another member it's who do you want your accountability partner to be in the gym so you can feel more safe and more you know like uh, comfortable because you've got a familiar face with you in the gym what's the problem i'm solving most people who are going into a gym feel insecure and they're afraid that they're going to be out of shape and they're not going to have anybody they know and they might be huffing and puffing and everyone's going to be looking and laughing at them but how much better does that feel if you have a buddy by your right-hand side, right? So like the answer is ask for the referral in the guise of a problem being solved. And so if you find out what data does for your business, you just have to make the scripting kind of work that way And then train your team to do it every time. Again, some people are like, oh, that's a nice idea. I'm going to try implementing that. Try doesn't exist. It either did it or you didn't do it. So put it in your sales script, ask for it every single time and make a game out of it. Like how many can you get? What's your record? Do you get three out of 10 people to do it? You get seven out of 10, track it. But it should be in every company's sales process.
1: Okay, so I wanna circle back to you, you said about um, you grab people when they're in their peak state. How do we create this peak state? If you're in a sales process, How do we get people into this state? Yeah. And so kind of a fun fact I'll share with you gentlemen and then, of
2: course, the audience. Um, I was a professional wrestler for 10 years of my life. Oh, Um, oh, look at those guns. (laughs) (laughs) I I did that from age 17 to 27, roughly, was kind of the age that I did it. And so um, it was something I loved, I enjoyed, but as I got further into it, I realized There's a mismatch in terms of lifestyle. I'm a morning person. I like working out. I like doing my most energetic stuff in the morning. And that is like being a rock star. You're going to be up till 3 a.m. You're going to be eating fast food. You're going to be on the road. It's going to beat you up. And so I liked doing the ring stuff, but I didn't like the lifestyle that went with it. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to leave. So that is where I learned showmanship. And that's where I learned peak state. And the one of the lessons I learned in pro wrestling is everybody remembers the beginning and everybody remembers the end. The middle is kind of just fluff. Nobody remembers that. So what do they do in wrestling? The big entrances, fireworks, they got their entrance music. They got these crazy robes and feathers. And then everybody remembers the finishing move in the one, two, three, but no one could tell you what happened between that. Right. So in your business, identify what are we doing to curate peak states? We can, we can literally plan them right now. We can catch a plan and we can plan to put people in a peak state. Where are they energetically being, you know, at their highest level and that's the time to come to them and make an ask or to upsell them or to, you know, ask for that referral. And so essentially every business is different. Like for, I would say, again, a pool builder when that pool's done and the kids are standing on their, you know, on the side with their little tube, ready to jump in, you need to ask them for a referral right then and there, like let the kids do a cannonball and then say, thank you for your business. Do you know anybody else who would like to have this memory in their backyard? Like, boom, peak state. So, it's like uh, you and your team need to sit down and say, where are we like getting them to the end result? Where are they the happiest? Where do they have the most joy? And where can we capitalize on them? Right. Times not to ask is obviously if someone's in a valley state. They're unhappy with you. They're sending a support ticket. Like, uh, we all know don't ask for a referral then, <laughs> but we're not thinking about catching
0: them on the high end to get a referral at that. Point. Okay. So, we've got them on the high end. How do we create the, the 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 you know how do we how do we roll into your next tip? And you want to you want to hit us with that one?
2: Yeah, so the next tip is you know, every business should have some sort of upsell. You know, you heard experts call it an ascension ladder, but maybe you have something free or low ticket, then it goes to mid-ticket, and then you make your way up to a higher ticket experience. Um, you know, it's very dependent on the on the service or product and then your guys' team and and how much you can you know uh fulfill on. But essentially i do believe every business needs to have uh an upsell and so essentially uh in fitness it it's, comes down to shrinking the group so my most inexpensive thing would be one coach doing 20 clients in a boot camp setting then we go to semi-private and we're doing one on six and then I, well, there's one-on-one personal training the most expensive so it kind of looks like a, a pyramid right And so every business should say, what's that, our version, you know, like, can I get one-on-one coaching calls with the owner? And that's, you know, one-on-one personal training. Do I get group coaching calls? And then do I show up to a live event? Right. And so that could be your pyramid or ascension ladder. So a lot of businesses, they don't have that. They just offer one thing and they're just staying there. And I do think there's beauty and simplicity and you can build mastery. But I think once you're at least a million dollars a year, It's time to add that second uh, upsell opportunity. And so build that out for your business, whatever that looks like. Here's a perfect one. I know I keep using the pool building, but I just recently had my pool build Um, on the back end. He sold me um, pool cleaning and put me on reoccurring. And I thought this is genius, right? Like a great model. And so I bought into it just because I appreciated the sales process. But, um, you know, essentially that's the next hill. Like, is it lower priced than the cost of the pool? Yes, but there was the next thing, like your customer's always looking, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And if you don't have it, guess what? They start looking somewhere else. And so uh, that is essentially what you want to do with the people who make a sale. And as we said earlier, when do you sell it? When they're at a peak state with the first product they bought, right? And so if you, you can build this out as a customer journey and experience, that's when you start seeing some really exciting things happen in your business.
0: So Dustin, I mean, a lot of the sales trainers, coaches that I've heard talk about your your preferred sale is your middle product right so mm-hmm. so you you know that that's the one you want to sell the most of but the bottom yes. end product is well for those who, who don't make the financial decision you can flick them to the bottom and and really anyone who's and, and i'll and i'll put in inverted commas although we're only recording audio um the the the, the stupid enough to take the high-end product straight off without you having to sell it to them, that's just a bonus. You know, how do you position the gyms that you work with?
2: I think the biggest thing in sales is always actively listening to the customer's needs and what they're looking for in an experience. And so one of the things that I often find when I do like a, an audit on a sales process for a company is that they are, the sales people are selling with their own wallet. So there's three common categories that I see. The first is if I value not paying full price, if I value coupons and promo codes and finding a deal and never paying full price, what if I'm now projecting that to the customer? You should really jump on this. It's a great price. We never run a sale this low. This is the lowest price. And so I'm selling with my own wall. I'm not listening to what they value. The second is very popular these days, and that's convenience, right? Amazon's bringing it to your store. Netflix has made a movie theater possible in my living room. I don't have to drive. I could just sit down and watch any of the newest movies. And so people want things quicker. DoorDash, bring it to my house. I don't want to have to do things. How can you save me time? And so if I'm time-driven, I could be selling that this is the fastest thing you could do. This is the fast way to results. This is going to save you a ton of time. Don't you want that? And then the third is best in class, premium, luxury. And so people will say in this category, like, I don't care how much it costs. I just want the best. I want to buy it once and never have to rethink about it. And I drive the best. I wear the best. I only work with the best. And so those are just three. There's almost 10. And so when you identify what you do as a salesperson, you can quickly catch yourself trying to push that, what you value to the buyer. And so you have to catch yourself and say, am I listening to their needs? And so if they want the best, then why am I talking about this is a great price? There's a mismatch here. He's not listening. And when people are not feeling like you're listening, you lose the sale. So you got to listen and actively listen to what they want to buy and then sell them what, you know, the words they're using, right? And it's not about being I, a parrot and repeating it. Verbatim.
1: I so, love it. Yeah. I love it. Listening, you know, it's really interesting because I... um I do a lot of work with people understanding people. And one of the things I talk about is listening. We have to listen as if this is the most important conversation of our life, even if we've heard it all a hundred times before. And I think that's a, that's such a good tip. Uh, we really got to tune in to the customer. All right. Then round us up. Uh, tip number five, uh, bring us home. What do you got? Yeah, so this is just more about effort versus
2: all the sales tips I gave, I think I gave plenty for the team to or the, the the audience to take action on and to get, you know, sales in their business. But what I would say that I like to think about is what I call the 90-day echo, and essentially it's we live in 90-day echoes. And so sales people, we we hear about you should 10x your goals, you should 10x your your, you know, how much money you want to make, you should 10x, you know, what you want and life But what they forget is it will be 10x harder. It will take 10x the output. It'll cost 10x the money. And so when I talk about the 90-day echo, is where you are today in life is literally the outcome of what you did 90 days ago. You are living in your 90-day echo. So whatever happened 90 days ago and the activities you were doing, the output you were doing, you have the result today. But the cool part about that is you can also start doing things today that will be your 90-day echo from 90 days from now. And so what you do today, how many calls you make, how much text you send out, how many conversations and pitches you have will be your sales 90 days from now. It won't be tomorrow, it won't be next week. We all want to see that instant result. But your output today is going to show up at its highest 90 days from now because it's like a snowball, just grows and grows and grows. The sad part with sales, those people get complacent. They have their best month. They hit the top of the leaderboard. they They crush it. And then they get complacent. And then the next 90-day echo, the snowball starts getting smaller. And then they start, "Uh oh, I better go, 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 go more output. And the snowball gets bigger. And they keep living in these alternating 90-day echoes. The goal is for the snowball to never stop growing. Constant growth, nonstop. And that's all coming down to you and your effort. So again, to the salespeople listening, the business people, put in output like you want that giant snowball in 90 days.
1: Cool. So, um, Dustin, we are almost at the end of our time. Should our listeners want to get in touch with you and find out how to tune up their sales? What's the best way for them to do that?
2: Should they? Of course they want to. They want to hear- Of course they want to.
1: (laughs) You're absolutely right. Of course Uh, they want to. uh, uh,
2: a, a few places. Uh I got a book out on Amazon called Reinforce Your Gym, but I do say, hey, business owners, think of it being called Reinforce Your Business because there's three main sections. There's l- building your lead machine, sales multipliers, and then building your dream uh, dream team uh, are the three main sections. It can apply to all business. So read it and take the fitness examples and apply it to your business that'd be the first one. The second is find me on Instagram, find me on Facebook, send me your sales process. I'm happy to audit it. I don't have any paid price or service that I do that. I just do it just because I want to give back. And then uh, the third is uh, listen to my podcast. I have a podcast too called lunch with a punch. So we'd love to have the audience give us a listen and uh, find out what we're all about, but a lot of sales tips on there. Excellent.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you, Dustin, for sharing your top five ways to get more sales from your follower. Uh, It's been a pleasure having you on our show today. And this is Rail Bricker from Perth, Western Australia, thanking Dustin Bogle from Dallas, Texas, and my co-host, Lindsay Adams from Brisbane, Australia, and signing off for another edition of the top five podcast.